0: al Bayan Radio presents the following program, asking Allah that it serves as a benefit for all. Bismillahir Rahmanir rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin, wassalatu wassalamu ala nabiyana Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam, assalamu alaikum dear brothers and sisters, welcome to al Bayan Live, I'm your host Abu Abdurrahman, and I'm very pleased to be joined on this first day of Shawwal, 1444, after the blessed hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. sallam, or the day of Eid al fitr by my dear Guest, my dear brother dear Sheikh Abu Bakr Zaud. Salam alaikum Shaykh.
1: It's been a while, hasn't it? It's good to have you. How have you been? Allah Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Uh yeah, it's an unexpected visit to to Australia. Like Alhamdulillah, Allah Azzah decrees what is best for us. And we're here and we'll utilize the time in that which pleases Allah Azza, Jazeikum Allah Khaidan for the invitation. And it is always good to be around the, uh, yani our brothers and sisters in Islam.
0: Alhamdulillah, it's good to have you. One day I'll see you online and the next day I'll see you in Holden Street. <laughs> <laughs> so it was an unexpected uh, visit during yes. Ramadan and we all know. How, how was the Holden Street experience for the brothers Allah. and sisters who may not know of it?
1: Na'am. So um, we were actually invited by the council um, to uh, participate in uh, Taraweeh prayers. On Helden Street. So, this is a very common and a famous street in Lakemba in where um, there are a lot of food stalls. People are selling food during the nights of Ramadan. So, it's gone completely against one. So, we were invited to uh, conduct uh, tarawih prayers on the street uh, and uh, also to give uh, talk. Alhamdulillah, Allah gave us this opportunity and we utilized this opportunity. Uh, for the purpose of a da'wah To invite others to Islam uh, And uh, as a result we prayed And we gave a lecture About 10-15 minutes An introduction to Islam To those that attended From the non-Muslims That wanted to hear and see What Islam was about And we asked Allah Azza wa uh, To guide them to Islam mm-hmm.
0: Excellent Barakallah fi Sheikh Now Shaykh Allah. As we know today The first day of Eid uh, al fatar or the day of Eid al fatar 1444, after the Hijrah of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So now it's a time of celebration um, to pray Eid, Eid prayer, visit family. But the real challenge starts now in remaining firm after Ramadan. And this is the main topic uh, that we, inshallah, want to discuss tonight. So where do we start with this? Where do we start tackling how to remain firm, how to stay upon some type of routine that we picked up in Ramadan, obeying Allah, worshipping Allah at a higher level. No,
1: no. طيب uh, let's begin by Bismillah, al-salatu wassalatu salamu ala rasulillah. See, uh, my brother, Sheikh Nidal, the idea of continued worship after Ramadan is a matter that is apparent and it is established in sunnah the nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. There's so many things that allude to the fact that Worship after Ramadan continues. If you were to look at, for example, something that a salaf, rahimahumullah, would do. And that is, as soon as, because, you know, in the last 10 nights of Ramadan, there is al-i'tikaf. So they'd finish al-i'tikaf. But it has been reported that some of the salaf would remain in the masjid until al-fajr. And then they would go from salat al-fajr in the masjid from there, from the masjid, all the way to Salat al-Eid. The idea was one worship followed up with another worship. So they wouldn't go home. The idea is Mutabaat al-Ibada, following up a worship with another worship. Straight from the masjid, Salat al-Fajr, and straight to Musalla al-Eid, and they would pray Salat al-Eid. The other thing is, we notice in Sunnah al-Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa he says, man Ramadan, ramadan thumma أتبعه Sitam min shawwal Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, the one who fasts Ramadan and he follows it up. See this word, atba'ahu, follows it up. The idea of follow up the worship with another worship. He fasts Ramadan, follows it up with six days of shawwal. Fast six days of shawwal. Allah azza wa jal grants him the reward as though he has fasted the ye. But the idea is atba'ahu, followed up a worship with a worship. Also, we notice that as soon as Ramadan ends, we begin now the month of Shawwal, right? This is the month that we're in. Shawwal happens to be the first month of Al-Hajj. Allah Azza wa Jalla said, Al-Hajj Ma'lumat That Al-Hajj is known months. And that means that Hajj begins from Shawwal, the month after Dhul-Qi'da, and then 10 days of dhul Hijjah These are Ashur Al-Hajj. So what this means is, Right now, if I pack my bags up and I head towards Mecca and I did a Umrah and I sat in Mecca and did not leave it until the days of Al-Hajj, which is the 8th, 9th and 10th of Dhul-Hijjah, then I have done a Hajj Mutamatta' Umrah that is related to the Hajj. See the idea, the idea is worship after worship. We finished Ramadan and we've just began and we've commenced the months of Al-Hajj. Allahu Akbar. So the idea is that there is this thing of a worship followed up with worship. That's the understanding. That's what we get from these ahadith and these reports and these incidents. And so as a result, when the believer looks at this and he observes it, ponders over this fact and reflects over this matter, he realizes one thing, that our worship is tied to our Creator. Allah Azza wa Jal, and it's not tied to a specific month. The quicker you realize this, the quicker you'll know that nothing should change with a believer. Allah Azza wa is the Lord of the month of Ramadan, and He's the Lord of the months outside of Ramadan. And my worship, as Allah Azza wa said, wa'bud rabbaka, worship your Lord until al yaqeen reaches you, which is death, until you die. So the quicker we realize that our worship is for Allah and not for the months, then we understand and we realize and we know that our worship is going to continue. Naam. Wallahu ala.
0: So the Lord of Ramadan is the Lord of the rest of the year.
1: Ramadan. Naam. Inna addata al-shuhuri inda Allahi fna'ashara shahran fi kitab Allah yawma khalaqa al-samawati wal-arud minha arba'atun hurum. Allah Azza wa Jal, he says in Surat At-Tawbah that the addata al-shuhur, that the number of months to Allah Azza wa Jal are 12 months and from them are four sacred months. The idea is that Allah is the Lord of the months. He's the one who created the months and he's the one who made 12 months as it is mentioned in the Quran. And Allah preferred certain months over certain months and he gave us months that are known as seasons of worship. And Ramadan is a season of worship. Of course in Ramadan you're expected to give it all you have and you are not going to be in your worship after Ramadan, like you were in Ramadan. That is not expected. Yani, Even in Ramadan, the first 20 nights, there's worship. The last 20 nights, there should be even more worship. And a person is supposed to exert all his effort. And he's supposed to, a yani, sunnah is to remain awake all the night. That's especially in the last 10 nights. Now, that's not expected of you after Ramadan. But the idea is these seasons of worship that Allah Azza wa gives us, mercy from Allah Azza wa Jal, that cleanses our hearts, purifies the heart, puts us back in the right track in terms of our relationship with Allah Azza wa And this is what the believer needs because the fact that Allah Azza wa gave us this, meaning Allah knows this is what the servants need. They need one Ramadan ayyih. The servants need five prayers a day. His slaves need one zakat ayyih. And Allah also legislates one hajj a lifetime. You know what we learned from this, Sheikh Nadal and my dear listeners? That is, the Muslim needs five prayers a day. He needs one Ramadan ayy. He needs one zakat ayy. And he needs one hajj a lifetime. What this means? Especially when you look at the hajj. Meaning if you perform this hajj once in your lifetime, it's enough. It's enough to keep you going until you die. And so when we look at Ramadan, this one Ramadan, if we were to fast this one Ramadan and took advantage of it, one Ramadan a year is enough. This is what Allah Azza wa Jal teaches us by legislating this month. So he gave us this month as a stop. We recharge. We purify ourselves. Purify our nafs. We uh, elevate in our relationship with Allah Azza wa Jal. We learn the importance of worship. We see Allah Azza wa Jal's generosity and mercy upon us. And then we take some of that and we continue
0: after Ramadan. (laughs) Now, Shaykh, I want to ask a question and especially regarding some of the brothers and sisters may Allah rectify their affairs and ours intending already to do certain sins immediately when Ramadan is finished. For example, the brothers grew their beards, they shaved their beard off, they get a haircut, which is inappropriate. The sisters were covered properly in Ramadan not wearing makeup, not doing one, two, three. Now it's time to, you know, wear clothes which are inappropriate, wear makeup publicly, and the rest of it. What's our advice generally for those intending to sin immediately on the day of Eid? Now, yeah, this is no doubt
1: a calamity, and this is most definitely a sign that a shaytan was locked up in Ramadan, and then a shaitan is released after Ramadan. And the whole point, the whole point of Ramadan was to nurture a taqwa within us. What taqwa is for a person to increase his obedience of Allah and to decrease his disobedience of Allah Azza wa Jal. So if a person finds it very easy to go back to old habits and to engage in sins in plentiful, as though nothing changed in his life, then this person well, this sister is upon a dangerous path. It's as though they have seen firsthand that the taqwa, the purpose of Ramadan, hasn't yet reached their heart. The purpose of Ramadan was to nurture and foster a taqwa. And straight after Ramadan, if it is that easy for you to go back to old sins and bad habits, then the only thing you did was you paused your bad habits and you did not stop them. And you intended that on the first day of Al-Eid, I'll go back to these habits. This is a very dangerous situation to put yourself in. And so my advice to these brothers and these sisters in Islam is that so long as you're still alive, there is hope. There is hope. At-tawbah ilallah azza wa jall immediately rush to at and recognize and realize that Ramadan wasn't just a month to starve. It wasn't a month to go thirsty during the day. It wasn't a month that was just holding us back from worldly temptation. And then after that, you're released and you can do what you like. So It wasn't like a pause button. No, it wasn't like this. Ramadan was to nurture. It, it was to nurture the awareness of Allah جل, in your heart. To recognize Allah, جل, to recognize the limits and the laws of Allah. And this is why in the ayat in Surah Al-Baqarah about Ramadan and about fasting, right at the end, Allah, جل, he says, وَلَا وَأَنْتُمْ عَاكِفُونَ At the end he says تِلْكَ حُدُودُ اللَّهِ فَلَا تَقْرَبُوهَا These are the laws and these are حُدُودَ اللَّهِ Meaning these are the laws of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala So do not approach them There is a line, there's a red line Do not transgress this line This is mentioned in the context of fasting and Ramadan So a person needs to be very careful And aware of the fact that Ramadan was here To nurture taqwa and the first test of your taqwa is going to be the night of Al-Eid and the day of Al-Eid. Yes. How are you going to carry yourself and conduct yourself? In a manner pleasing to Allah or in a manner that is pleasing to yourself and to the shaitan?
0: And this is everyone's test and everyone's yes. responsible for himself. Sheikh, we, we read many a times how the salaf, they used to you know, make da'a six months after Ramadan for Allah to accept their deeds. And we see quotes from the ulama that a sign of an accepted Ramadan or a beneficial Ramadan is continuing good deeds after Ramadan. Now, I want to speak about the importance of istiqamah. We see in the ayat in, 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 in the Quran about the importance of istiqamah and those who were firm no. and the result they will get at the end of their life. And also the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ when the companion asked him, for some advice, and he told him to say "Amen to Billahi thumastakim." No. How important is it for the Muslim at all times to be steadfast and upright? Awesome.
1: No. The first thing that we need to know is ال- istiqama, being upright and steadfast upon the Deen of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, upon faith, is an actual commandment from Allah Azza wa Jal to His servants. Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, Fastakim kama umirt." Mm-hmm. And this is a command coming to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Be firm and upright and not upon anything but upon what you were commanded. So that means be firm and stand upright upon the Quran and the authentic sunnah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. That's for us when we read the ayah. That's a command to Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. To the point where Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would say, Shayyabatni Hood well, Hadith, there is difference of opinion concerning its authenticity. Some did authenticate it, but the idea is in Nabi Sallallahu is saying, Surah Hud made me go grey. Well, Ulama said, What was it in Surah Hud that made the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's hair go grey? That was this ayah. Be stand, stand upright and firm upon the deen in the manner you have been commanded. Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala, He says, in this ayah Allah is praising those who said Allah is our Lord and then they stood firm upon this word. It wasn't only a word they said which is La ilaha illallah, rather they lived by this word and they were firm and upright upon their deen. We even, uh, if you look at uh, the situation of a nabi الله عليه وسلم and I want to يعني, share with the dear listeners an ayah that will teach us why people would lose their steadfastness after Ramadan and what is the one thing you're supposed to keep in your mind that will keep you steadfast upon the deen of Allah Azza wa Jal even after Ramadan. Listen to this. Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, وَإِذَا رَأُوا تِجَارَةً أَوْ إِلَيْهَا وَتَرَكُوكَ قائمة. This ayah is in Surah al jumuah and there is a story for this ayah and why it was revealed and I'll explain what it means but the idea was this the nabi sallallahu was delivering a khutbah bil and he had the companions and the people of al madina were sitting in front of him salat al and khutbah and then a caravan arrived to al madina and you know when the caravan arrives there is any um items on it there's products on it these are merchants. These are people that are coming to sell their products and their belongings to the people of Al-Madina. So people in the masjid, as they're listening to the khutbah, became excited that the caravan has arrived and the horse and, and the camels are coming in and the bells are ringing. And, and there were people that were sitting. Al-Munafiqun. They couldn't wait until the end of the khutbah. So they got up and they ran outside the masjid and they went towards these caravans and this dunya that was outside. And only 11 Sahaba remained sitting listening to the khutbah. So Allah Azza wa said, When the people that were attending that khutbah saw the trade and they saw the merchants coming, رَأَوْ Allah و... uh, Azza wa is calling this dunya as lahu, entertainment and play. "Wa ilayha. They rushed to it وَتَرَكُوكَ قَائِمًا and they left you standing. Now the idea is this. Of course you know Salat al-Khutbah where the khatib is supposed to stand. That's one of the proofs for why the khatib stands. But the idea is Nabi Sallallahu wa sallam did not stop his khutbah when people left. And what would you assume? Imagine you as a khatib giving a khutbah and people are in front of you and almost three quarters of the masjid just walked away. What would the khatib do? In our, in our time and I'm t- talking about myself. I'll just sit down. And I think, what happened? I'll leave. Nabi sallallahu alayhi the fact that he remained standing and continued the khutbah meaning he knows that his relationship is with Allah جل, not with the people. The people are he. The people are not he. And I am firm upon the deen of Allah جل, and I remain in this state. And why am I sharing this? Because in Ramadan you find that a lot of people attend the masajid, they attend the goodness and so on. Why? Because there's a large gathering and a large group around him. People, they find it easy to fast 30 days because his mom's fasting, his dad's fasting, his wife's fasting, his children are fasting, the spouse fasting, the, the entire neighborhood is fasting. It's easy to fast. You find he attends a voluntary salat, which is a tarawih in the masjid, and he stands behind the imam. Yeah, because the entire masjid is full. Now, after Ramadan, people start falling back from their steadfastness. Why? Because he doesn't see that many Muslims around him engaging in worship. So that's the idea. And so what the ayah is teaching you here, وَتَرَكُوكَ قَائِمًا النَّبِي صلى الله عليه وسلم in his relationship with Allah did not attach it to anyone. He remained upon worship of Allah regardless of whether people were there or not. And so this needs to be the spirit of the believer. This needs to be the approach and the attitude of the believer that I continue to worship Allah after Ramadan whether people worshipped with me or not. And my worship is not tied with the people it's tied with the Lord of the people, Allah Azza wa Jal. And so as long as Allah Azza wa Jal sees my actions and sees my deeds and his command continues upon me that I remain steadfast in worship, and I continue, I carry on. Whether there's a hundred people in the masjid or whether I'm by myself in the masjid, that's what we learn. And this is the challenge that people would face when it comes to their steadfastness after Ramadan. It's, it's the fact that people disappear from around them. So you know what? I disappear as well? No. We're supposed to attach our worship with Allah Azza and
0: not with what people do. Now, You mentioned prayer, masjid, voluntary prayer, taraweeh. Now in Ramadan, most of us increase our reading of the Quran, listening to the Quran. And then after Ramadan, many of us may drop off. What's some advice to maintain our relationship with <laughs> the Quran, the book of Allah subhanahu wa
1: ta'ala? Jeyd. There is a principle here that Imam Ahmad rahimahullah mentioned and I think by far it is the best thing I've ever read in terms of a practical advice, in terms of what to do so that you continue worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala after Ramadan. He said, and it's not the exact words of Imam Ahmad, but it is inspired by the words of Imam Ahmad. He said, He said, make for every type of worship there is a standard set a standard for every worship that you know of start with this standard on days in which you have energy increase and on days which you don't have energy do not drop from your standard let me explain it with an example for example reading the quran is a worship that people engaged in during ramadan so now look at the worship of reading the quran and set a standard for yourself Set the bare minimum. So you can say, my bare minimum is that after Ramadan, I am going to make sure that I read one page of the Quran a day. One page. Don't be realistic as well. Take something that you're able, you're actually able to do. One page a day. On days in which you have energy, enthusiasm, you're eager to worship more and read more, read more. Read 10 pages, read 20 pages on that day. And on the days in which you're fatigue and you're tired and you're bored and you're drained there's no energy then at least do not drop from your standard and that is that one page you read that one page like this this is a this is a beautiful practice this is a beautiful standard because the idea the idea is the idea is as in nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam says inna allaha yuhibbu من أحدكم إذا عمل عملا But the other hadith is أحب إلى الله in وإنقل The most beloved deeds to Allah are the consistent deeds even if they were done in small portions. So if you look at the worship of Salat al-Layl, the night prayer. Set for yourself a standard, ya Set for yourself a standard. You can say that my standard is I'm going to pray two rak'at every single night no matter what happens. And I'm going to pray Salat al with it, right? On nights in where you do find energy, and you would like to pray more, you go, pray more. Pray 8 raka'at. Pray 20 raka'at. Pray what you like of the night. And on nights in where you're very tired, you're lazy, you're sleepy, at least don't go under your standard that you set, which is that 2 raka'at and that 1 raka'at for Salat al-Water. Ya khiy, could be 1 raka'at, al bus. don't worry about the 2 raka'at. That could be your standard. and And live the hadith in your heart. That this is the best of deeds, that which is consistent, even if it was minimal. Akhi, wallah, deen is easy. And steadfastness is easy. And having a solid relationship with worship is easy. But the people think, when it's Quran, meaning I need to sit and read an entire jizr. I need to sit and dedicate a whole hour. I can't do that every day. It's not like that. Take something that is real, something that you're actually able to do, wallah, even if it was 10 minutes a day, Imagine 10 minutes of Qur'an a day. Yani that's 70 minutes a week. Isn't that better than you sitting and saying, Wallah, you know, I started on the first day, I gave it half an hour, I couldn't, it was too much. And, and so you lost your relationship with the Qur'an for that whole week. But if you did 10 minutes a day, even 5 minutes a day, at the end of the week, you could have achieved 35 minutes. So the idea is, you need to be real when you set these goals after Ramadan in terms of your worships. No, and when it comes to the worship of fasting, one day a week between Monday and Thursday the Monday would be better if you can't do the two days a week or three days a month do one day a month no problems and if you find energy during that month and you want to increase do another three, four, five days whatever you can but if you find
0: laziness then at least do not drop from that one day Shek, you mentioned the six days of shawar do they have to be fasted after each other or they can be broken up so, the six days of Shawwal,
1: they don't have to be fasted consecutively. And so, the majority opinion mentions that the six days of shawwal must be done within the month of shawwal, even if they were divided up in the month. They have a very nice opinion. This will resonate with a lot of people. <laughs> and that is that Al Malikiyah uh, mentioned. Take the time view take your time until next ramadan <laughs> you can do 6 days until Allah next ramadan and the, and and يعني, subhanallah the interesting thing is that it actually has yani they actually have a valid point from a linguistic perspective and that is that when you look at the hadith mansama ramadan thumma min how yani how do we look at this min this min could be min at Right? So Sittan Min Shawwal, if it's seen as the partitive Min, that means six days of Shawwal. But then it could be looked at as Min Al-Ibtida'iyah. So that means starting from Shawwal. So six days from Shawwal onward until the next... <laughs> the brothers <laughs> don't understand the Nahu there, start uh-huh, learning Nahu. But <laughs> nah, uh, yani the majority is, the, uh, the point is to finish them within the month of, of, of Shawwal. And that would be an excellent head start for a person after Ramadan earns the reward of fasting the entire year Allahu But imagine that you do these 6 days and then every single day after that how good is it to know that you've earned the reward of fasting every single day until next Ramadan Shef, you since, she,
0: since you bring that up a sister asks uh, assalamu alaikum can you combine the missed fast for women with Shawwal la because the standard and the principle here is that
1: the fard days are not to be combined with the voluntary days. So in that case, a woman or a sick man or a traveler, whoever it is, if they have days owing of Ramadan, they are supposed to fast those separate to the voluntary days of shawwal. So you fast them separate and then you fast the days of shawwal. Now we do not combine them with each other.
0: Shek, I have another question. You, you finish that one. A question for During Ramadan Socializing pretty much much Came to a complete stop And it was realized Just how much time Can be wasted On normal days So how important is it For one to keep up With social gatherings With friends Is it praiseworthy If she leaves this off completely To keep her away from Any time wasting Or possible fitna A person needs to be wise In who he sits with And who he chooses
1: To gather up with and of course, the best of gatherings are the gatherings that are dedicated for the remembrance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So if this type of gathering is nourishing and nurturing a person upon the iman, upon his relationship with Allah azza wa and indeed you do find a benefit um, spiritually in gathering with these people of yours, then make those regular. Make those meetings and those gatherings regular. When Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he did mention that a person should be careful in terms of who he befriends and who he gathers with and who he sits with. Because you are a reflection of your friends. mar'u ala falyanzur Ahadukum man yukhalil. as the Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says. And so uh, you choose people that are of benefit to you. So if this gathering of yours, is a good gathering, a gathering that reminds you of Allah Azza wa Jal. a gathering that you come together and you read Sunnah of the nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you read some Quran together, you try to understand and ponder over the ayat of Allah. That's an excellent gathering. Keep that going. That's not a waste of time. Rather, this is a gathering that will be at witness
0: and in your good records on the day of judgment. Now, <inaudible> 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 uh, before we conclude and some heed advice, just a few words regarding. The differing this year and 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 the importance of not letting it harm us and 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 make us more disunited and hatred spreading because of the mm. Eid issue mm-hmm. and and mm. the moon sighting issue. Just some advice regarding that before we conclude. <laughs> no, you know, look, uh, Wallahi the more knowledge a person has,
1: the more his heart is at rest and at peace with his brothers and sisters in Islam. And I tell you something. One thing I observe, and that is the hatred. That is within the community the animosity the anger from one person to another it all go back it goes back to al-jahil it's because of ignorance yani, you find the people of knowledge and those who have knowledge concerning these matters how come they're relaxed and they come with one another and they're accommodating for each other yeah no, because they have the knowledge and the wisdom to understand that such and such is upon a valid opinion such and such is upon a valid opinion Alhamdulillah, no problems. But the idea is, يعني, when we look at Eid or Ramadan or Al-Hajj, these are communal events. And the purpose, one of the purposes of them is to unite the Muslims. This is why Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would pray the Eid in the outside so that it can cater for a large number of Muslims and as a result, unity is on display and it's showing. So as a result, a believer, uh يعني, He has his own scholars and own Mashiach that he looks up towards and he trusts. And so the layman, the layperson, is supposed to follow his teachers, follow his Mashiach. And don't speak a single word because anything you'll speak will be out of ignorance. Some people, yani today, receives one hadith and he wants to share it across the entire globe. Meaning, this is it. This is the proof against everyone. Ya Akhi, deen is not like this. A A-deen is not one hadith and then you have no clue about all the other hadith. الدين is not to be seen as that. Actually, this type of matter is من, 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 من فعل ال- ال- اليهود والنصارى. This is what they used to do. Yani <laughs> Allah وجل, says الذين جعلوا القرآن عضين. عضين, meaning they will take part and they will leave some part. You know, تؤمنون ببعض وتكفرون ببعض. And and some Muslims have this attitude when it comes to Islam. He receives a hadith on WhatsApp. This is it. This is the ultimate proof that this organization, everything they concluded to and resorted to of a matter and an opinion, is rejected because of this. I mean, there's a hadith. There's مقصود شرعيّة. You know, there's the, يعني the, 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 the wisdoms of a شرع.
0: There's
1: yeah. so many things that you need to look at. There is قواعد فقهية, There is أصول الفقه. There, there, there's, there's words that people don't even understand what's going on. You need to put all that together, knowledge plus wisdom, 100%. and then you come out with a ruling. So trust your mashaykh that you trust, and inshallah, they've made a correct decision, and that's it. This is how the that's how the Muslims are supposed to unite. They're supposed to unite upon their mashaykh and upon who they trust in their matters and religious affairs. Wallah Azzawajal says, Fasalu al-dhikri in kuntum la ta'alamun. Because you know this disunity happens because people are confused and what do I do? I'm confused. Khay, very simple. Very ta'u. Allah says, Fasalu, ahl al-dhikri in kuntum la ta'alamun. Allah says, Ask the people of knowledge if you don't have any clue. You don't have any knowledge, ask the people of knowledge. So you, do what Allah told you. Head towards Ahl al-Dhikr. Ask them. They give you an answer. Did you trust them? Yes, obviously, because you went to them. Take their answer and that's it. Khalas, don't argue it. Don't open the subject. And don't debate it or discuss it with anyone. Say that I fulfilled my responsibility. I asked Ahl al-Dhikr because I didn't know. They gave me an answer because they know. And that's it. Rest my case. And that's how unity is achieved. But when everyone wants to be that scholar, wants to have that appearance, wants to have that position and that judgment and that you'll have chaos and everyone's responsible for himself. You can't control that. You can't control that. But people are warned. We warn them. And we say, do not open your mouth in matters you have no ID and no clue about. Very dangerous to speak on behalf of Allah without any knowledge. And don't take one part of a deen and ignore the other part that you don't know about this is this is where a lot of them fall into this they'll see a hadith but they have no clue about the rest of the ahadith that are included within that chapter and then you have chaos and you have confusion and you have the disunity that we have today among the youth yani, i'm saying among the the, the the brothers among the sisters that yani, have never have never studied have never sat down have never sat with a sheikh, have never sat at least yani, at least two years at the feet of the mashayikh to study nothing zero All of a sudden, when contentious issues like this are uh, are brought to the public, everyone wants to have a say. This is where the disunity comes. So the advice is,
0: follow your masheikh that you trust. Well, that's it. Before we conclude, we know you're very busy, so we don't want to keep you too much longer. Any uh, advice for the day of Eid? We'll finish with that. (laughs) The day of Eid is a
1: day of celebration. It's a day of joy. So enjoy this day celebrate this day um celebrate it with your family with your children let them let them experience the true meaning of al eid and yeah, let them be satisfied and nourished and nurtured with happiness and joy this is ibadah this is a worship to instill happiness within your family during the day of of, of al eid right it's it's a worship it's a worship and there is reward in it so go that extra step spend those extra dollars on your family doesn't matter there's all reward in it that's the purpose of al-eid it's a day of joy it's a day of celebration so there's nothing wrong in actually celebrating and enjoying this day with the family and gathering together uh, upon of course righteousness and and, 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 and goodness not upon sin and transgression and rebellion so we need to understand the limits because also when we come to ramadan we've the, the greatest calamity that we start facing is the mixing between the genders uh, and, and, and the different type of celebrations that people uh, get themselves involved in. From al-haram to transgressions and rebellion, uh, shisha nights and hangouts and so on. All oh, no, oh, this is haram. This is not a halal form of entertainment. This is a haram entertainment. So a person is to be aware that the Eid is a day that Allah Azza wa Jalla has chosen for the believers it is a day that brings us close to allah when we celebrate it in a lawful manner it brings us close to allah azza wa we feel closeness to allah azza wa when we celebrate in a lawful manner that is pleasing to allah azza wa so do this also uh, be aware of uh, the etiquette and the sunan and the prophetic practices of uh, of al eid and try to fulfill that as well to gain extra reward on that day how beautiful is it that you fulfill these sunan and most of them are fulfilled even before you go out to Salat Al-Eid. Allahu Akbar. The, 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 the opportunity that Allah Azza wa Jal and the Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam are giving the believers of increasing Al-Hasanat. Go from one way to Al-Eid, come back from another way, take a shower at the beginning of the day before you go to Salat Al-Eid, eat a date, right? break your fast before you go. And, and, and feel in this that you are implementing of the nabi sallallahu alayhi wa you earn the reward of following in his footstep right and wear the best of clothing apply the best of perfume that's for men and for women they do not apply any perfume take your family to Salat al-Eid the young woman the virgin woman, the menstruating woman, all of them are supposed to come out to Al Eid and Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam encourage this so that everyone could see Al Eid, yashhadna al khair so they can see the goodness, listen to the khutbah, take advice, uh, celebrate with the believers, uh, be proud of your Islam, be happy of your Islam, especially here living in, in Australia and people that are living in the West. We have an identity crisis. People now are shy of their deen. People don't want to come out as Muslims. We have Muslims changing their names to names of disbelievers because they are embarrassed of their deen in whichever work field they are working in wherever they are so this is a day that it's going to promote your Islam, promote your identity, come and find your Islam, find your Islamic identity among the believers on the day of Al-Eid. Now, this is an advice, inshallah ta'ala, that is followed. We ask Allah azza wa that he grant us great goodness. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive our sins, our shortcomings, and to accept from us.
0: Uh, I would like to thank the Sheikh for being with us. And he's only here for a few days. So we do appreciate you coming Allah in. And inshallah, ufair. we have future projects with the Sheikh if Allah wills uh, for it to happen Uh, I'd like to thank all the brothers and sisters who tuned in to Al-Bayan Radio especially on 107.9 FM Uh, sadly we only have a day or two left on 107.9 FM but to all our listeners uh, know that you can download our app um, on the the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store or just go to albayan.com.au and download our app to listen to Al-Bayan every day of the year 24-7 until next time Barakallah feekum wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh this program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, The Voice of Al Sunnah wal Jama'ah.